And this is our plan of attack. Banks have become an essential threat to our democracy. So consider this justice. Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com, the number one listener-supported radio station on the Internet. Please help support this station so this battle can continue forward. Revolution Radio! Extendivite really works. Just listen to what some people have to say. Several years ago, I was developing a very uh, severe situation. I called it my flippy heart. It just was doing not good things. And I did not want to go to a medical doctor because uh, I just knew they would give me a cover-up pill. I didn't want to get onto that sort of thing at all. When I learned it was garlic and cayenne, and cayenne is a healer. It is a wonderful herb. I said, I think I'm on to something here. I'll tell you, I wouldn't be without it. It did wonderful things for me. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply of either capsules or liquid. Call now. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host. The Sacred Matrix, a divine paradigm of love and universal consciousness, with your host, Janet Kira Lesson and Dr. Sasha Lesson. Together, we transform the world. And now, here are your hosts, Janet Kira and Dr. Sasha Lesson. Welcome to the Sacred Matrix, and I'm your host, Janet Kerr Lesson, with my co-host, Dr. Sasha Alex Lesson, and our producer is Thomas Becker, also known as a bad painter, and today we are going to interview Marilyn Hughes, who's an author and out-of-body traveler. Um, before I bring on Dr. Lesson and Marilyn, I want to tell you a little bit about Marilyn Hughes. She founded the Out-of-Body Travel Foundation in 2003. Uh, mission Reduce Spiritual and Physical Hunger Worldwide. Marilyn has written 98 plus books, 40 magazines, and around 15 CDs on out-of-body travel and comparative religious mysticism. These books, along with accompanying music and art, are all available for free download. Marilyn has experience, research, written, taught about out-of-body travel and mysticism since 1987, and has appeared on innumerable radio and television programs to discuss her 
thousands of out-of-body experiences. So I've had some, but she said thousands. So we're going to talk to the expert here soon. Dr. Sasha Alec, listen, how are you doing? Oh, we're doing really well. And uh, and, uh, Marilyn, we will uh, be asking you how you got into all this and what's the hottest thing. We're not going to ask you to recite all 90 of your titles of books you wrote, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, but well, I do yeah. have the link for that, um, Marilyn. I, I, I'm not sure I have the link for that. If you could shoot that into the chat or email it to me later, I'll make sure I put the link for, for all these um, 98 plus books and magazines. Okay. I'll put the link on the uh, webpage. I have a, a webpage for Marilyn on AquarianRadio.com. I put some pictures of Marilyn and uh, some of her books. I didn't realize there were 98. I, I don't know why my mind blanked down on 98 plus books. But welcome <laughs> to <show> Marilyn. <laughs> Thank you very much. And, yeah, for your listeners, uh, it's at outofbodytravel.org. And another feature we have there is that you can uh, take our course of study as well as download all of our books for free. Um, it's one of the ways that wow. we work on reducing spiritual hunger worldwide so everyone has access. But, of course, they're also available in paperback, Audible, Kindle, and all digital and all those options. <laughs> That's amazing. You're doing it all for free. So I'm adding that to the page right now as we speak. So, uh, yeah, so we, Dr. Lesson said, how did you get started? I have it written here, but... Um, you tell us what's okay. that like for you? Well, what's going on in your life when that happened? Sometimes those things are relevant. Like what was happening that sparked this spiritual awakening? Yeah. Well, you know the the first experience I had, I was about nine years old, and I had a very very beautiful um, experience, which is uh, related in a book of mine called The Mysteries of the Redemption, a treatise on out of body travel and mysticism. Um, wherein I was taken up a set of marble steps up into the heavens and I was shown that at some point in my life uh, this experience would return to me and that I had something I needed to do in this lifetime. And then um, at, when I was at the age of 22, I had a spontaneous out-of-body experience that kind of began it all. It was my husband who actually suggested that I start journaling the experiences, and uh, and so I did that. And um, you know, my first books were published in '91 and '92 with Hampton Roads Publishing, and it was one of my uh, publishers who actually suggested around the year 2000. Um, you know, we founded in 2003, but around the year 2000, he suggested that we go ahead and create the Auto Body Travel Foundation. And um, one of the, uh, you know, going to our our themes, you know, uh, reducing spiritual hunger worldwide and reducing physical hunger worldwide, um, you'll see if you read our mission statement that the Out-of-Body Travel Foundation was formed on the premise of something that Mother Teresa said. She said that she felt that the spiritual poverty of the West was so much worse than the poverty she had seen everywhere else, the physical poverty. And that's where our our goal and our direction came from. And in 2003, that was just when things started becoming uh, possible in terms of downloading things in different parts of the world. So we started that way. But then in 2004, 
when the major tsunami hit, and it was such a devastating event in the world, we uh, made a decision that, um, you know, we understand that people who live in places where there's so much poverty um, that they can never get, you know, beyond the poverty to even consider spiritual realities, it's really hard for them. So we started uh, also raising money for projects around the world, for disaster relief, for homes, for wells, for sanitation projects, you know, also in tune with what the United Nations had stated that the biggest obstacle to the developing world is water and sanitation. So we really focused a lot on that. And we continue to uh, work on projects throughout the world as much as we can because we know that we have to relieve physical poverty before people have the opportunity to even consider their spiritual poverty. So we want to do as much as we can of both. Wow, that's amazing. I'm looking at uh, your uh, endless book titles. Is there that much to talk about that there's a 28, I mean, 98 books? What, um, yes. Your journeys, your thousands of journeys? Okay. There are. um, Uh, Is this similar to the Monroe Institute? I've studied them in in the past, you know, Robert Monroe in the 50s. I'm very familiar with Robert Monroe. Yeah, my my original publishers were close friends of Robert Monroe, and my publish the publishing company was in uh, Virginia Beach, which is out there uh, where the Monroe Institute is, and they were close friends of Bob mm-hmm. Monroe. Um, my work is a little different in that it kind of takes up where he left off, and and I you know so we try to we try to move the path forward. Um, and you know the Monroe right. Institute is is great in that they uh, create all these. Um, uh, you know, the hemi-sync technologies and a lot of things that they're doing to help enable other people to have experiences through science. And I teach people a lot about having out-of-body experiences through the purification journey. Um, and so, you know, you, you mentioned a minute ago, uh, is there really that much to talk about? You would be so surprised. Yes, there is. Um, <laughs> it's such an amazing, uh, such an amazing journey to be taking. Um, many of my books, uh, do chronicle the, uh, experiences I've had over the years. And as you mentioned, I've had thousands of them. Um, but I also have a whole series of books. I think there's nine volumes on how to have out-of-body experiences. And each of those books, it starts with Come to Wisdom's Door, which is one that I recommend for people just starting out. And also a book I just mentioned, The Mysteries of the Redemption, a treatise on out-of-body travel and mysticism. And again, you can download them for free at the website. Um, those are where you would start. But after you finish Come to Wisdom's Door, you're going to go through successive volumes. Each of them takes you deeper into the mystery. One of the things that I learned uh, in, you know, this 30-plus years of experiencing out-of-body travel is that the universe that we live in is truly so much greater and grander than we could ever imagine. And so one thing I could say that might help your listeners to imagine uh, this is imagine that when you leave your body, which is exactly what happens, that you are leaving this one-pointed universe that we live in. You know, the physical reality that we live in can be very, very one-pointed. When you leave that, Mm -hmm. 
you enter into this truly infinite and multidimensional existence, which consists of literally an infinite number of heavens, an infinite number of hells, an infinite number of purgatories, and an infinite number of worlds, you know, planets and uh, universes and galaxies. There is so much to be known. Um, in my experiences, you know, you start out with some of the the basic things that you've heard a lot about, you know, having the out-of-body experience where you enter into a vibrational state, you hear that huge, loud, roaring sound. It sounds like a jet engine or like even more than a jet engine. Um, first of all, just to make it clear, those vibration the vibrational state is what you're experiencing when your consciousness uh, detaches from your physical vibration and enters into your spiritual vibration, and your spiritual vibration is significantly higher than your physical one. So that's what you're feeling when you feel that vibrational state, and what you're hearing is similarly the same thing. You're hearing the higher vibration of the realm that you are now occupying. So you hear about people rolling out, uh, falling out, or uh, just slipping out of their body, looking at their body from above or from across the room, and these sorts of things. But as you follow this journey, if you allow God to guide this journey for you, uh, you are quickly going to enter into the initiations into the mysteries, the rites of passage, um, the karmic mysteries of our lives, um, the energetic alteration mysteries, spiritual warfare, the knowledge of the heavens, hells, and purgatories, the understanding of energetic law and how that applies to us on earth below. And then we are called into service uh, because um, as we are learning, we also are practicing. And part of this practicing is also part of the way that we give back because, uh, you know, we have a universe of exchange. So we're receiving and we also then uh, give back as well. So where are you going when we're out of body? Are it, is it the same um, discarnates are? Is it, is it um, a different location? Is it where people, where people see when they do remote viewing for, like, the government? Is it, you know, explain the differences to us. Where, where are you okay. going? Okay. Well, first of all, one of the things I'd like to clarify about remote viewing, um, I am a remote viewer, and remote viewing is significantly different than out-of-body travel. Remote viewing is a psychic process. Out-of-body experience is an actual separation of the physical body from the spiritual, wherein a soul is able to travel into other worlds. And um, so uh, when you're traveling, you could be going literally almost anywhere. But let's start with the beginning of the journey. Uh, first, you're going to start out with um, some basic things. You're going to start with astral realm travel. What is the astral realm? The astral realm is the fourth dimensional realm, which overlaps the third dimension. This is a realm wherein... Uh, you have some of the same laws of existence that you have here in the third dimension. It's a mortal realm, which means that you have battles between good and evil going on inside and outside of souls and also uh, all around you. 
uh, below the third realm. When you go into the first and second realms, you're dealing with lower and darker beings. And when you go above the fourth into the fifth and above, you're entering into the gradated worlds of light. So, uh, and again, infinite numbers in every uh, life stream there. So, you can be going to the highest heavens. You can be going into someone's purgatory. You can be going into your own past life. Uh, you can be going into some of the lower realms to see uh, things that you might need for education. In the beginning, you usually will stay in the higher spheres for a time for a training period. And then at some point, most people are then introduced to certain levels of dealing with some of the lower issues and also spiritual warfare. Um, I've visited... So is there somebody directing this? I'm sorry to interrupt, but is there... I don't want to... So you're saying you will find yourself there, or are you directing yourself, or is somebody um, meeting you and directing this? How, how, explain the that a little goal bit better. is yeah. to be The goal is to be uh, divinely directed. You know, a lot of people want to have total control over these out-of-body experiences, but what I tell them is that you really don't. And the reason why is because you will limit yourself by your own misunderstanding of all that exists. If you allow God to guide your journey, you're going to be seeing things that are so much beyond and further beyond anything you could have ever imagined. You would never have thought to go there. You know, in my travels, I've gone into, you know, other worlds. I've gone into uh, heavenly and celestial bodies. You go into different types of heavens where you meet with all sorts of different types of teachers and angels and guardians. Um, you go through periods of training with different types of masters. Um, usually the first, the first thing that people are taught about is the general principle of oneness and love. And you go through a lot of things with a teacher who will guide you through a lot of different stuff. You know, one of the things I talk about in the Mysteries of the Redemption is the atonements and the karmic impetus that we all come into this world with. So you're going to initially start being introduced to your own karmic past. One of the things you'll experience in the out-of-body journey is that there are many uh, tunnels and corridors to different types of places. So you have different types of tunnels that can take you into the rites of passage. You have different ones that take you into past time frames. There are also just the time tunnel itself. You can go forward and backward in time because you will be traveling through timelessness. You can also go uh, into the initiations, into the mysteries. You can go into the higher heavens where some of the masters reign. Um, there's a lot in my uh, books as well about experiences with, you know, prophets, saints, mystics, sages um, from all around the world and from every religion and tradition um, guiding me in my journey. Um, it's it's really an infinite potential. You know, you're, you're starting out with right. some, some very basic things, but you're moving into literally the knowledge of the mechanics of life, the reason why we're here. I think that's what many people miss about out-of-body travel is it really has a – it really is the key to that, you know. Well, let's take this to the personal because that's fascinating. So – so let's start with you, and then I want to let Dr. Lesson ask a question after this. Sure. So 
so you you started with your first you went up to the the heaven celestial realm and then you were going to be coming back so go ahead what happened after that you learned this stuff. what year was this this is you were in your 20s or something or no you were a yeah, child first i would right? have been it, it started in 1987 so it would have been in 1987. Um, the first journeys that I had would have probably been much more Earth Realm um, focused, but it doesn't take long for you to end up in the higher celestial spheres. Um, what happens, there's a progression. So there's a progression of experiences. So you start learning with some basic things. The very first things you're going to learn about are how to move, how to see, how to hear, how to taste and smell in a spiritual body versus a physical one because we're used to moving around in a physical body whereas in our consciousness everything is directed by thought so everything including eyesight you know and moving forward is all directed by thought so you're going to learn a lot of that stuff um you're going to learn how to move through walls and windows you're going to learn all these basic spirit realm travel things that you have to learn before you go anywhere as you continue does someone st- teach you or do you just yes. try, you know, try things out. Someone you have you. you have teachers that um, follow you throughout your journey, and they they change. They they change because you start. You have sets of teachers that help you through each stage of the path, and then as you finish that kind of thing, then you're going to start learning about some of the concepts. Because one of the things you do experience is you enter into a universal consciousness where the mysteries of the universe are kind of for that moment you 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 can you know them when you come back you only bring back a small portion of that you know mm-hmm. um and then you yeah. also you know you go to heavenly temples you go to um beautiful places uh you know cities of light um Flying even through the galactic heavens. Um, the galactic heavens is one of the most beautiful things, which is, um, by the way, one of the coolest things that a lot of people don't realize is when you go into uh, the heavenly realms, you're going to notice very quickly that there aren't just human beings there. There are also beings from other worlds, you know, so... Mm-hmm. Um, the God of our universe is the God of our universe. So it's not just us, you know? <laughs> but there are so mm-hmm. many, there's mm-hmm. so many, many things, um, uh, and rites and rituals and, um, the, the path is so, as you can imagine with 98 books and more or whatever, um, it's truly an endless journey because each, each one of them is taking you into a, Higher, finer, deeper mystery of the experience. Does that make sense? Wow. It does. It does. Sasha, do you have any questions or comments or feedback? Or- oh. oh, well, first, uh, that was a lovely explanation. Thank you. Um, oh, thank you. Thank I you really very much. I enjoyed that. Yeah, it's very, sort of a comprehensive framework in which you can put everything. <laughs> and what I'd like, <laughs> what, I, what I really would like uh, you to do is to think about the most powerful, personally powerful encounter that you've had uh, uh, when you've uh, really let go and how that transformed you. What was your what was one of your biggies? Well, I've had a lot of biggies, but I'll, I'll go with this biggie. Um, I had this really wonderful um, it's almost beyond words, almost, you know, it's you know how it is when you're talking about stuff like this. Sometimes you're like talking about is going to 
is going to uh, make it smaller than what it really was. But I was given this beautiful opportunity to um, go into what, what you know what I was uh, perceiving as the throne room of God, and I was allowed to spend like a night uh, traveling and experiencing how God moves through the heart of mankind. And it was um, it was just so mind blowing because literally thousands per millisecond there were alterations occurring all over the world responses to prayers it was it was so mind numbing I couldn't put into words how uh, just you know the infinite omnipotence of God and that He's capable of literally being aware of all beings at all times in every minute and every second. Um, it was just so, so beautiful. Um, you know, I've had a lot of beautiful ones. I had one uh, experience. Now, let me just stop with that one because what, as you said that, um, I had the feeling of being in, inducted into that that's the very same space to some degree. That was wonderful. Thank you so much. Go ahead with the next one. But I love that one. Thank you. <laughs> well, a lot of times when you are traveling in the out-of-body worlds, you're going to be given jobs. So um, on one particular night, I don't remember what I had done, but I probably worked with a lost soul or something like that. And after I was finished, I was going to receive a reward for doing it. And um, I went to this beautiful white space. Um, There was a single lantern and there was this old, old man. He was white as snow. And his, you know, his white long beard before him. And, um, I, I knew that he was a profoundly holy man. And so I, I knelt before him and he just very quietly said to me, because of what you've done tonight, you are going to be allowed to go in and touch the casket of the holy Dalai Lamas. And I knew what that meant was it was kind of like this casket contained the energy of the wisdom of all the 14 Dalai Lamas. And I was going to get to touch it and feel that vibration. And so as he let me pass, there was this, it was oval. And it was like gold and silver gilded oval casket. And I walked towards it, and when I put my hand on it, the power that surged through me threw me to the ground. And I I felt the holiness of the Dalai Lamas, I guess is what you'd say. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it was so amazing. Um, You know, lots of experiences like these. Um, Wow. And, you know, being filled with that, that wisdom and that energy of the wisdom, and even just understanding the very sheer importance of them. You know, um, it was just such a beautiful, beautiful thing. Wow. Wow. Thank you. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so you, you, um, so when you, you started out, you didn't go right to that. Did they, they gradually build you up? Um, would you get blown away going from beginning events to something like that or do they just, how do they make, how do they work this? Well, it is a progression. So you're definitely right there. Um, it's a progression where you're starting out and you'll see that through the books that I have, 
that are based on the experiences, and I have several series on that. One is the Mysteries of the Redemption series that I already mentioned, and there's the Mystical Captive series and the Solitary series, which which follows this progression of the soul as we move towards higher and higher, um, you know, liquid ethers, I guess you could say. Um, but we start out, if you're going from the beginning, it primarily you start in karma, so you're going to be looking at and remembering past lifetimes. And as you remember these past lifetimes, you're going to start uh, seeing patterns in your behavior, in your configurations, what you're doing. And you're going to then uh, begin to see the, um, the way that you've handled it over many thousands of lifetimes. And, you know, part of the challenge then is that you have to start being receptive to guidance and also... Uh, being creative yourself because, okay, well, if it didn't work all those times, then I gotta do something different, you know? <laughs> and, what makes you so stubborn? We keep doing the same mistakes over and over. That's what I can't get. It's like, yeah. why don't we get it out, you know, the first time? Are you oh, getting We are, we are like that. What makes us so stubborn? Yeah, what, what, what is that? Are we stupid? Are humans stupid? Or, well, or you know, part we, of it, yeah, part of it really on? is it goes to an improper understanding of what is eternal love. And so a lot of what we miss, a lot of the things we, that we make mistakes with are related to misunderstandings of that very important concept. We're searching for love in a karmic way rather than an internal way. We're searching for uh, power in a karmic way rather than an eternal way. It can manifest in so many different ways. You know, a lot of people get tripped up with relationship issues. It's very common. Um, but then you also have souls who may have power configurations, you know, where they go from life to life and they're uh, misusing and abusing power. And what they have to relearn is, well, what is true power? And how do I actually stop seeking the wrong kind of power and start seeking the power of God? Because until I do that, I'm going to keep screwing up. <laughs> you know? um, so we all, uh-huh. it's, it's not as it, much that, it, go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, it just seems like the initial uh, trauma. Uh, the initial trauma is the uh, feeling of separation from uh, from God. That's the basis of the whole thing. To some extent, yes. To some extent. To some extent, yes. To some extent. But what we have to realize... Yeah, um, but we have to realize that we get... Um, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought with the... Uh, um, to some extent, yes, we have to realize. Oh, yes, that you know, we are never we are never separated from God unless we choose it. And um, unfortunately, you know, most of us who are incarnate here, we're here for similar reasons. That's why we're all in the same realm because we have chosen some level of separation from God. And so, part of the journey then here is finding our way back to God, finding what it is that distracts us, what it is that we seek after and waste time on, rather than the all-holy and almighty God. And so we all get lost in that in various ways. You know, another thing that happens during that period is uh, you're also going through what I call atonements, where you'll start... Where you'll start. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. where you start meeting people that you have unresolved uh, issues with. And you'll try to have those issues resolved in the uh, mystical spheres. So misunderstandings, these are lesser lesser issues. These are like smaller uh, stains on the soul. But, you know, as you go through this process, I call it the path of purification because it really is a path of purification in that you're going to go through every everything that you've ever done um, here and in previous times um, because you have to bring all of those elements back together and come forward into a whole new understanding. And part of what happens then is as you're bringing these elements forward, the things that you're learning about your own soul, the things that you're learning about your own delusions, the things that have held you back, you're then going to enter into the mysteries, the initiations into the mysteries and the rites of passage. And these are going to be energetic lessons that start teaching you about eternal law. As you pass through these and as you get to this point, what happens at this point is this grand descent of where all the different lifetimes that you may have had, they all kind of come into you and become one. Because what we're trying to do here is bring together the knowledge from all of these lifetimes into the one vessel. Because that's kind of one of the goals of it is that we don't want to just be walking around separated from all the knowledge. And that's what happens when we separate from God in the first place. So you see how that can happen. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. you're going to enter into the next phase, which goes into the mysteries of the ascension. And so you enter into another series of rites of passage. This is a beautiful period of time where in... Uh, the ascension of the soul has to be uh, sought after and reached. And there's a lot of things that happen for, in order for that to come to pass. And after that period, you go into a whole new set of lessons where you start learning about energetic alteration. Um, a lot of people would consider this, this part of it is actually very shamanic. It goes into a lot of what the medicine men and medicine women from throughout the ages knew, which is where we go in and we work on reality in management before it hits the ground. What does that mean? It means that the things that we're thinking and doing and saying are forming in a realm called management. Management is where they all form before they hit the ground. So um, we can... Uh, go into those realms and alter things if something is about to happen on earth that is going to be, uh, you know, that God has determined is too big of a uh, negative thing to happen. You know, basically, you know how everyone, everyone has, you know, uh, moments where they know that some someone intervened for them, and that's what this is, where we're receiving intervention because the results of our thoughts, actions, words, and deeds might actually be fatal or uh, might cause more damage than uh, God wants to allow at that moment or it's just not a good thing. And so we learn how to go in and work in the realms of alteration to change things before they hit the ground. And this is a precursor to the time when you begin to learn about the uh, concepts of good and evil, light and dark, 
and traveling through the heavens, hells, and purgatories because then what you're going to start doing is working with souls who are going through various configurations and issues in all realms, not just upon the earth. And so that means, like, for instance, if there's a soul in a lower realm who suddenly has a thought of, I want to take the next step, and I and they're totally sincere, God will send help instantly. And so someone has to go down there to help them find their way out to the next level. And that happens on all levels of existence. And so... Is this making sense as I'm explaining it? Oh, you're making wonderful sense. I, 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 they're gems. Keep yes. going. I love it. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, so you start going through some of these uh, processes as you're learning about like, uh, you know, good and evil and the higher and the lower realms. You're also going through a lot of uh, personal purification. So you're going to go through... A lot of self-examination. So you'll be taken into things which will demonstrate to you the energetic truth about things about yourself, uh, things about uh, situations in your life. And when I say the energetic truth, we're talking about what the truth is from the, you know, from the eyes of God. So we're seeing things through the eyes of God rather than through our own tainted eyes. And so we understand when, uh, you know, when we have a delusion, it is very clearly energetically, vibrationally shown to us. And this is truly one of the most effective means of helping excuse me, helping us to change because it is, you know, knowledge is vibration. And, you know, one of the things you'll go through all the time, especially in the, you know, in the first five to ten years, if you're just traveling a lot out of body, is what I call vibrational raisings. And um, the reason for these vibrational raisings is because we have to increase our vibrational level to travel higher and higher and higher. And so, and part of the reason for that is because knowledge is vibration. So in order for us, you know, in mm-hmm. order for us to do that, we have to be continually raising our vibrations higher and higher and higher. And, you know, as you're going through this and you're learning about yourself, um, you may go through a lot of life reviews, ironically, which are very similar to what you go through at, when you have a near-death experience. Um where mm-hmm. you will literally experience things you've forgotten and you will become aware of people you've hurt and you will become aware of uh all of the all of it you know same kind of process there but you're also going through uh an educational process you know one of the things that happens during this period I call it absolute disillusion of body and mind where you enter into literally the particular particulate state, you you're, you uh, you dissolve into God, into the universal vibration, and you have to experience that over and over and over again, along with many other really significant um, alterations that will occur in order to move forward in those realms. And this is a big part of the process that souls are going through in order to shed 
from their spirit the dark the darkness that still remains because these things that are dark uh, cause weight on the soul and the heavier the soul is the harder it is for that soul the soul cannot rise and so we're discarding mm-hmm. as we as we go through and process each of these things that we've misunderstood or held on to we are literally discarding them and getting rid of weight um, and as we do that, we become more and more able to go into some of the higher and higher heavens. And um, as that occurs, then you're moving into another another sphere of existence, which is very galactic. And this is where you're going into the heavenly spheres that... In essence, they look a lot like what you see with the Hubble telescope images, um, except that mm-hmm. the colors are so very bright. You have a lot of purples and blues and white and and light, and um, it's just it's impossible to put into words um, how wonderful it feels when you're flying through the galactic heavens. But there are many worlds in the galactic heavens, ironically. You know, many people talk about the uh, the masters, and the masters reside there. They have a temple that floats in the galactic heavens, <laughs> and it's a it's a <laughs> it's a beautiful place. But let me tell you a little bit about it, just because uh, a lot of people might be surprised. You really have to earn your place there. They put you through it. <laughs> you are not gonna. Oh really? You, oh my goodness, yes. And, and you know, so you learn very quickly that. Everything is earned, and um, and they put you through uh, tests, a lot of tests. And a lot of these tests have to do with love and kindness, with forgiveness, and things like this that we all have to uh, demonstrate is coming from, <coughs> excuse me, as coming from the depths of our heart as a natural uh, emanation. Um, if we right. are still stingy, if there are, you know, greed or lust or anything improper, uh, you get expelled. <laughs> you know, you don't get to go in. <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot of lot of things you have to uh, go through, and it's and it's all very loving. It's not. Um, it's all very loving. It's just that we do learn. You know, for instance, I'll give you an example. When we go back to vibrational yes. knowledge. When you try to go into, if you try to go to a realm that is higher than your compatibility, it will feel like you're literally being crushed. And the reason for that is because the vibration's too high for you. And right. so, so you see where when you look at the, the vibrational knowledge there, it's telling us, um, this is a natural progression. I can't go there yet. I have to, I have to achieve some more things before I can go there, you know? And so uh-huh. there, there is so much that continues, you know, from that point. You know, uh, there's a galactic council, which is, you know, we have a lot of uh, worlds that uh, the earth is just starting to get included in, you know, uh, that, you uh-huh. know, they gather. There, um, when, when I went to the galactic council, you know, they had three yeah, Tell me about that because I've been, I've been to the galactic council. So tell me your experience of, I don't know. It was a galactic council or the galactic council. Tell me what you experienced. 
Well, uh, the one that I experienced, you know, I don't know if it's the only one or if, you know, if there's more, um, but it seemed to me that there were three representatives from pretty much every planet that were allowed in at a time. And so, you know, you just had, you had beings there from uh, many different worlds and galaxies. And at the time, we were discussing some of the issues of, of how lust was Lust as a vice was destroying uh, some of the progress that was necessary on the earth. So they were discussing this in great detail. <laughs> and, um, you know, and a lot of what wow. happens these, in these uh, realms. How many, how many people, how many beings were there? I would say hundreds. Was like thousands? It was, hundreds. It was hundreds. It felt like hundreds. You know, um, but, you know, there are so many different types of beings, you know, because we have, you know, we're talking about extraterrestrials here. But, you know, I mentioned the path to the ascension. You know, I remember this one beautiful experience I had because part of the rites of ascension include that you have to overcome death. And uh, that doesn't mean you're never going to die in this world, but you're overcoming death as it, as it applies to you as a mortal being. You're becoming an eternal being. And um, there's so much that goes into that. Um, it has to do with... Well, explain that. That's, yeah, break that down for us because that's very important. Um, yes, it is. It's, um, you know, as a karmic mortal being, we literally are like a separate particulate you know, that's kind of thrown out into the ether. And as we become eternal, it's like we're gathering to ourselves all that separation and all the light that has been dispersed. We're bringing it back together into one place. Um, what happens when you're completely not awake in the earth and you cross over is that you really do experience a death because, you, you know, you're still alive, but you're experiencing a death because that personality is dying. When you attain to eternal life in the physical, then it's, it's not quite the same thing. It's not, it's not a death because you are literally just moving from this realm of existence into the next. You're doing that even as a karmic being, but that personality will then have to die there. Does that make sense? Um, it's a hard thing to I'm understand. Sasha, do you, do you understand what she's saying? Uh, yeah, it makes it makes uh, total sense uh, sense to me. Um, what I see, it, it, what I was struck by, if I could just jump back a little bit, sure. is uh, you're talking about after uh, death that one of the, uh, the things that um, souls do is they look at how um, other souls are dealing with the purgatories in, in their existence and assist. And uh, that's exactly in, in psychotherapy the way we see uh, uh, a transcendence as being able to incorporate in the self things that uh, you were opposed to or seeing in, in uh, polar, polar, polarities in dichotomous terms. And so that every time you get to, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a personality, I ride around in this body, uh, but when I realize, oh, the body and the mind are the same thing, then I've transcended the separation of body and mind. Now, the, one of the things about transcendence, the way we psychotherapists look at it, is that uh, you don't lose something when you transcend it. When you realize that you're an eternal being or something really high, you don't, you're still a mommy 
and you show a <laughs> wife and you drive your car down the street. You know, so you, you it's, those things aren't gone. Your intellect isn't gone. Your uh, it, it's just that it's assumed in something way bigger, and it's extension of the sense of self that lets you get bigger and bigger and bigger until you realize you're part of all of it, and that's how it is. But you don't lose the lower parts, from my perspective. Yes, and you know, that's really well stated in terms of how it actually applies in the spiritual as well, because you do um, transcend, and you're not losing anything. You're actually gaining so much more. Um, you know, when we're down on Earth, because we all live within the program, as one would say, um, we do we we deal with the elements of good and evil but there are realms uh that are you know that transcend good and evil there are places you can go where uh in you know where good and evil have been uh, nullified so to speak you know and part of that is because you know i remember this one beautiful experience i had that i often think about because it's one of my favorites as well when i was taken to this beautiful like moonlit oasis on some other planet and everything was so blue and purple and there were thousands of um, there were thousands of meditators i guess you know i could call them buddhas because maybe they were i don't know but they were all just thousands of meditators just sitting there completely in a harmonious vibration with god and i was you know invited to do the same and in that space we don't have that separation, you know, those elements. We have that unity. And what happens with the um, the eternal and the karmic path when you're on the ground is that you're going to uh, transcend. Part of what happens here is you have this personality, and it's a singular one. But as you are going through these rites of passage, you are bringing through these other personalities that you've had in different lifetimes. You are bringing through these other elements of yourself that exist on the other side, other worlds. Um, so you have parts of yourself, your higher self, your angelic selves. All of these things are coming in to join you where you are in this moment and that it's like this grand celebration in the heavens when this occurs because you are bringing together all the elements and that's why when that person dies they're no longer really dying because they're just waking up in the other realm and everything there is you know not it's just they're just waking up um but i had like for instance you know uh through that period uh, one of the things that I think is really interesting, you know, people know about the angel of death and how he appears as like the grim reaper and he kind of does. He has, you know, the black robe and he has the skeleton face and the skeleton hands. And during this period when I was going through the ascension rites, I had this one uh, awesome experience um, where two angels of death came to me and they were trying to tell me that you know it was time and they were going to take me and i said no death i said death no longer has a hold of me when i do leave this realm i will be leaving with the angel of the ascension and they were immediately obliterated and the angel of ascension uh, appeared and the angel of the ascension is is a being that's completely made of light um and he wears a white robe and i'm just saying he because i don't know but um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, a white robe that's you know so that it's like the angel of death but it's completely white and rather than skeleton 
you have just light coming out from where the face would be, just light coming out from where the hands would be. And the angel of the ascension then took me into the higher spheres there for that. Wow. Well, <laughs> we're coming up on our break in about five minutes, but um, let me just stick with that. That's that's fascinating. I've seen I've seen the Grim, Grim Reaper, but I don't know if that was an extraterrestrial or really the Grim Reaper. So we'll have to talk more about that. But um, I thought it was an extraterrestrial. I don't think I was at the age I was very young, so I don't think I was going to die. And I did kind of battle and said, "No, you can't take me. I'm not going now." I thought he was trying to suck my soul out of my. It's like that. Um, the Harry Potter, the, the beings that try to suck your soul out, right? So I've had that kind of, like, and um, I'm not sure what was going on. I don't have the wisdom that you have and the, and the knowledge to compare it. What do you think was going on? Well, it's hard this, to know. Um, it's hard to know in terms mm-hmm. of that. But, you know, um, one of the things that I think is really important for people to know is, is that there are many orders of beings, you know. Um, there are angels that I call the golden angels who are... Uh, literally transcendent, translucent beings, and they're completely just emanating in this uh, shimmering gold, but yet they're almost invisible. They're some of the most beautiful beings. You know, so we have uh, some people try to find a way to put them all in one bank. They're either extraterrestrials or they're demons or this, but they're all those things and right. more. So, you know, there there are some extraterrestrials who could be mistaken for the Grim Reaper for sure, um, but there definitely is mm-hmm. the angel of death um, who does serve a function as well. So, you know, there's many orders of beings, um, and, and it's really fascinating to uh, learn about the many... Um, the many ways that heaven actually works from above to serve those of us down below, it's just very vast, so much vaster than I think people realize. There's so many orders of beings. It sounds like it. Wow. Um, and then how are all, are all souls the same age? And um, are they all created at once? Uh, I was, I was, I came with the Dr. Michael Newton Institute, and they regress people or progress people to their lives between lives, and they have like 40,000 progressions. And so, how, are right. you familiar with that work? And what they were saying is that, um, you know, we cycle, we recycle in and out of, uh, I guess, source. And, um, which I don't know if you're experiencing that too, but are souls the same age or are they different ages? Well, the souls that I see are, are many different ages, but what I have seen, because in the, you know, the last 10 years or so, a lot of my work is focused on uh, working with souls through their afterlife journeys. Um, most people will stay at the age of their death for a little period of time, but eventually they will start going down in age if they were older. Um, and most souls eventually rest at about the age of 30. But you're going to see people manifesting at different points of age anyway, just because, like, for instance, if someone is, like, if your grandma wants to come visit you, she's going to more than likely appear in a way that you'll recognize. So she'll show up in an age bracket that you'll remember. Um, if you're going to see someone who needs to see you as a child, they're going to see you that way. Um, and then you have all of these other orders of beings. You know, there are many of these ageless, you know, extremely holy, reverent beings who are 
very, very, very old and they, you know, will appear that way. They don't have to. There are other beings who are uh, very, very, very old, but they appear young. But, the, the, you know, there's just, it's all over the, all over the uh, charts, you know. So uh-huh. it, it really can be many ways that they will appear. But, you know, as, as souls, as we cross over, it's generally you, you, you rest somewhere around the age of 30. So, like, if you're a child, you're going to, grow up in heaven and then you're going to stop somewhere around the age of 30 but you still have the ability to manifest at a different age time if that's necessary for something you're going to do fascinating so we're coming up on the break in about 30 seconds here uh, once again name your website so people can check it out over the break sure and got 98 titles yes go ahead it's at outofbodytravel.org. Outofbodytravel.org, okay. the Out of Body Travel Foundation. Okay, we'll be back for five minutes. See you in five. RevolutionRadioFreedomSlips.com Enjoy your extra big-ass fries. You didn't give me no fries. I got an empty box. Would you like another extra big-ass fries? I said I didn't get any. Thank you. Your account has been charged. Your balance is zero. Please what? come back when you can afford oh, to make no, a purchase. No. I'm sorry you're having trouble. Come on. I'm sorry you're starving. Thank you for tuning in to Revolution Radio. 
here at Revolution Radio, we believe in freedom of ideas, freedom of speech, but above all, we believe in freedom of existence through self-reliance. This station is 100% listener-supported, and as a fundraising promotion, I have a kick-ass free gift for a $100 donation. 35,000 seeds. 25 years in the freezer. Long-term storable, 54 different varieties. So, if food prices go crazy, the shit hits the fan, or if you just want to save tons of money every year by creating your own food like I do, grab our seed pack special. Just look for the banner on the homepage at freedomslips.com. Don't be a statistic. Don't be part of the problem. Be part of the solution. We need to ask humans to start taking care of ourselves and not depending on the mega courts to provide unhealthy, nasty food. Included in this package is also a DVD with 900 survival and off-grid living documents on the offline home canning how to do everything website all on the DVD. So when you're growing all that food, you know how to can it, store it, preserve it, etc. with all these documents. So thank you for tuning in to Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. I hope that you will pick up this package and start learning to be free. Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com, where information never sleeps and freedom is one seed that needs to be planted. Tuning in to Revolution Radio. Here at Revolution Radio, we are listener sponsored and commercial free, but there still are bills to pay. In order to raise some needed funds to cover the cost, our station is offering a silver special. In the continental United States for a $60 donation, or in Alaska, Hawaii, or Canada for a $70 donation, we will send you an uncirculated 2018 one ounce pure silver eagle. The $70 donation, uh, the extra 10 is to cover shipping, by the way, outside of the continental United States. When making the donation, you must put Silver Eagle promo in the notes on the donation. And thank you for tuning in to Revolution Radio at revolution.radio and freedomslips.com. Without you, there is no less. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. It happens more often than we can imagine. In my case, I was sitting at home, and out of nowhere, I just started feeling uncomfortable. Then it got worse, and I started perspiring. I tried to ignore it, but I waited too long. The chest pain came as we were driving to the hospital emergency. I felt my life clock begin to tick. I barely survived. There was lots of damage done to my heart. What do I do now? I was lucky. I took a leap of faith and tried a seven-herb formula with hawthorn, garlic, cayenne, and more called Extendivite. Herbs have been used for thousands of years to keep us healthy. If you're not using Extendivite as a preventative supplement, maybe it's time to start. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. 
the opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host. And welcome back to the Sacred Matrix and Revolution Radio. And I'm Janet Carol Lesson with my co-host, Dr. Sasha Alex Lesson. And our producer is Thomas Becker. And our guest is Marilyn Hughes. And Marilyn, you have two ends, I think, right? And we yes, have two ends. Out-of-body travel. So we're going to do a little commercial, and then we'll come back to you. Hold on one second. So before we get back to our show, let's remind everybody to please go over and make a donation on revolution.radio because we really rely on your donations to bring wonderful people like Marilyn to you on, on all these 90 plus shows on Revolution Radio. A mad painter, how are we doing with our fundraising this month? Uh, not real great. We still need a thousand dollars and we got a week to go. So please people donate. Please, please donate. Okay, Sash, before we get back to Marilyn. Yes, I'd like here. to say before we get uh, back to uh, Marilyn, that a, a frequent guest in our show, uh, George Green, uh, has passed away. Oh, yes. And I want to just take a moment to uh, to really remember George because he's a real inspiration. George was the inventor of derivatives. Dig it? That's why, why everything crashed. And he he realized what an awful thing he had done by uh, joining the group of people that controlled finances and he devoted the rest of his life to free stuff, to helping everybody, publishing uh, Billy Myers' work. Uh, he's, and just he, he became like a saint, just like Jimmy Carter, turned it around from being Illuminati to being a real human being. And I remember George Green, and uh, I, I know a lot of the, you listeners do too, and he, thank you for letting me talk about George. Thank you. Okay, back to you, Marilyn. So where is George? He died the day before yesterday. <laughs> what's oh. his like? What's his experience right now? He's he's less than three days out of his body. What's he going through? Okay, well, I just wanted to say that I want to thank him too for um, getting Billy Meyer's work out there because I've benefited from that, <laughs> and Ooh, so yeah. that's that's really good. Um, usually, well, you want to talk about the afterlife journey. What happens is um, generally the soul is going to detach from the body. Um, there's going to be about a week of time where there's a lot of. Um, Activity around the body and the former life um, has a lot to do with pre-funeral type things. And then um, the soul is actually adjusting to what's happened to it. And then what's going to happen is there's going to be another grand event where that soul will then uh, be going through, you know, the life reviews, all the things you hear about near-death experiences, the life reviews, Reuniting with um, lost loved ones, um, uh, seeing what kinds of things they did well, what kinds of things they didn't do so well at. And then there's going to be 
uh, that next turning point, which is that whatever position they're compatible with is where they're going to resonate to in the afterlife. And so, you know, the, the compatibilities that we have at the moment of death have a lot to do with where we, where we end up going. So it can be in any of the heavens, purgatories or hells. Most souls will go through some level of purgatory because we all have so much to, uh, uh, purify from. So it's very common for most souls to go through some purgatories. I don't know George personally, so I don't know exactly what he might be experiencing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of souls from our world, you know, let's just look at it from the worldly perspective. A lot of souls who are not very spiritual, the ones who need the most help that I'm often, you know, seeing a lot of, are, are going to go to some of the chaos realms. We have these purgatorial realms where people are kind of in this circular motion of activity and they're having trouble detaching from that and they're unable to do anything of significance or importance because of it. And that is, you know, that manifests as an actual purgatorial realm where chaos just occurs in circles over and over and over again. But, you know, that's kind of what karma is anyway. Um, There are also... Other places, you know, you know, there are also other places, you know, where people go. Um, and it, it, you know, there's a lot of choices that are being made in those first, um, in those first days. You know, I'd really like to recommend some, uh, something to your listeners about this because ironically, yeah. George is passing. This is really, uh, relevant. There was a mystic um, in the 20th century in Brazil, very well-known, very famous in Brazil. He was a very, very holy man, too. He, um, very, very uh, wonderful man, gave all of his life to the betterment of mankind. But he, uh, he was a very prolific writer. He received a gift of some type of automatic writing from the spirit of Andre Luis, who was uh, purported to be a spirit who had crossed over and you're following the journeys of this man in the afterlife. He has a series of books that starts out with a book called Naso Lar, which in English means Astral City. Um, there's 12 books in that series that Francisco Candido Javier wrote and it details not only this man's journey in the afterlife, but it really explains I really wanted to bring this up because of the psychology we were talking about. It really explains mm-hmm. all of the things that are put together, how things work in, in the soul, in the reincarnation process, um, what types of uh, things uh, arise and how they are dealt with in the spirit world, and what, what has to happen in a reincarnation as the result of uh, any kind of particular configurations. There is a movie, and it's called Astral City, and it's based on the first book called Nasolar. Um, and it's really a good movie for people just wanting to get a good sense because it's very, very well done in terms of how the afterlife actually works. You know, Andre Luis is taken to Nasolar, which is the astral city, and he goes through a series of purifications. He starts out, um, you know, being in a pretty not uh, not great purgatorial realm. But eventually he reaches out for God's help and he receives it and he goes to this astral city and he has to uh, learn a lot of things and he has to offer service. And it's, it's very similar to the experiences that I've had as well. 
You know, there are many mystics throughout time who have similar experiences. Another one would be Emanuel Swedenborg, who wrote a book called Heaven and Hell, among many, many others. But um, what you're having here, probably George is not doing that much yet. He's probably visiting the people he loves, seeing how people are doing. He's getting ready to make sure that he feels comfortable going to the comfortable going to the next step. And um, what happens then is, you know, we have that beautiful reunion with our family members, but then we're going to go where we need to go for our next level of education. And so sometimes there's that beautiful reunion. We don't all you, we don't all have to go to the exact same place, so we're going to go to different locations for whatever education that we need to receive. So someone who's done a lot of work with yourself, when you finally die, do you think you'll die differently or do you think you'll have a different experience than someone that's not done the same amount of work that you have? Um, You know, I mean, I don't know. Um, I think one of the things you definitely learn as you go through these uh, out-of-body travels is the biggest thing you learn is how little you know. Um, so mm-hmm. I have definitely become acutely aware of the fact that even as much as I've seen, it's only a tiny, tiny little portion of what God has created. And so I think a lot will be determined by that period of time. I do think that, you know, uh, you know, I've gone through a lot of the karmic things that needed to be resolved in this lifetime. Um, but, you know, then other karmic things arise. And so, you know, you, you have to expect that we're all going to have to go through some similar types of uh, uh, experiences after death to prepare for the next level of education that we're, we're going to embark upon. Um, it definitely does help us to begin the purification process during our life rather than waiting until death. And this is one of the things I like to really get across to people. That's kind of like part of the point of what we're trying to do is we're trying to bring these unconscious realities into consciousness in the world because by doing so, we are changing the potential and, and uh, you know, the the the, compa- the the higher ability of the human being. We're making... We're making so much more possible for consciousness in this realm. So we want to bring those things to the conscious mind. Um, You know, so we don't really, you know, I don't know what time I'm going to die or how it's going to go. I don't want to, I don't want to presume on God because, you know, I've got a lot of things still that obviously I need to work, work on. Um, So, Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna be relying a lot on that mercy of God, which is so vast <laughs> and wonderful. <laughs> Just like I think a lot of us do, you know. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be right, right. crying well, out. Are we trapped? You know, are we trapped? What's okay, really go ahead. You ask a question. Yeah. Go ahead, framework Eddie. is that it it depends upon a, a sequential temporality, uh, and and you know it seems to me that it's quite possible that all. Uh, the uh, other lives may simultaneously exist or exist in the f- 
future or the past, or that past, future, and temporality itself is merely an intellectual device that we use to deal with data. Anyway, so that's an alternative uh, uh, way of looking at things. What do you think of that? I think that's true. You know, when you when you enter into the uh, spiritual and mystical realms, you often go into what I call timelessness. And so, yeah, you know, a lot of this exists outside of time, and there is a timeline that is all occurring, you know, all at the same time. Uh, so there is, you know, that matrix element. A lot of people say, well, is it like the matrix? I never actually saw the movie The Matrix. <laughs> But I think the concept of the matrix, I think it is similar to the concept of the matrix. You know, there are many parallel worlds and realities that are all overlapping and working and happening um, at the same time upon one each other. They all move and, and build and, and change things within each of these other worlds. And we don't know about it because we are so one-pointed in our focus here. Uh, what happens when you start... Uh, moving into the out-of-body travel realms is you become so much more aware of all the impetus and the input that comes from all around us in the mystical spheres and in these other worlds that are all, you know, orbiting with our world. So Thank you, yes. Are we yes. trapped in this sphere of influence? Like, is this, there's a story that this is a prison planet and that we have to come back here and... Are, are, we, are we free to incarnate in other worlds? Well, you know, a lot of people will incarnate uh, in other purgatories. Uh, and it, ironically, uh, you know, there are purgatorial realms that are not uh, physical. So there are, you know, the, the earth is considered a purgatorial realm. Um, but there are other kinds of purgatorial worlds. So, you know, we have a certain amount of of uh you know free will on that but but it's all determined by you know we'll have choices but we have to use go from the choices that are going to uh work towards the betterment of our soul journey so it's not like we can do whatever we want but we're going to be given a lot of guidance as to what types of experiences and in what types of realms would be the most uh helpful for whatever our soul configuration might be. So explain what a purgatorial world is. What do you mean by that? A purgatorial realm is basically a place of purification. So, like, for instance, if you... Um, struggle with lust in your entire life, you're probably going to go to a purgatorial realm where you are going to be dealing with that lust until you are able to rise above it. Uh, same with any vice, whether it's greed, whether it's power. Um, sometimes it's simple things like chaos, because one of the big things that we see, I see this a lot with uh, souls who cross over. In today's modern world, we have this mentality that is very conducive to just going into this chaos world. You know, it's the distraction that, um, you know, the, the modern things that we have can provide us with the opportunity to do so many, um, 
really good things, but they also provide us with the temptation to be completely distracted from those good things. So, you know, for instance, like people can go to outofbodytravel.org and download these books and learn about this sort of thing, or, you know, you can, you could just, uh, you know, be scrolling through one of your social media networks uh, kind of mindlessly, and that's a little bit like chaos, you know. There's also realms that deal with issues like sloth or um, people who need to work on developing impetus forward in their soul. Um, I think we have gotten a little lackadaisical in our world about impetus. Um, we want, we're kind of too content where we are and we don't realize you know we are in a temporary realm there's a reason why it's mortal there's a reason why none of us get out of here alive it's because we're supposed to achieve something while we're here for the short time we're here and um, the biggest deterrent from doing that is the simple idea that this is a permanent place it's kind of a mass delusion that we have and we forget, oh, wait, no, we're here for a very short time. That in and of itself should tell me that there's a reason why I'm here. And I want to try to figure that out while I'm here because I don't want to have to keep doing it over and over again. And, you know, so many of us keep doing so many things over and over again, you know. Right. So what are the uh, – Yeah, it's cool to think that, that you know – Go ahead, Tosh. Oh, I just think you could, if you greet each day with – uh, you know, today's a good day to live and today's a good day to die. You'll be okay. Well, there is, there is some of that as well. And, you know, but there really is, um, there really is some work that we are here to accomplish in this realm that has to do on a personal level, the purification of the soul. Um, one of the things I like to share p- with people is, you know, I've had many, uh, of these mystical experiences. Uh, over the years, I was told to retrieve the ancient sacred texts, and that's, you know, the ancient writings from all world religions throughout the world, throughout time, major, minor, all of that. And one of the things I have been shown many times is these ancient sacred texts building a staircase from earth to heaven. The reason why that's so important, what are ancient sacred texts? These are the writings of souls Right, you know, as they're sharing the secret of their liberation, of their ascension, of their transcendence, right before they leave this world, never to return unless they come on a charitable mission, you know. (laughs) And so, you know, you look Mm -hmm. at the staircase of the ancient sacred text, we are taking with each of these beautiful saints, prophets, mystics, seers, uh, masters, they are giving us their experience of God. And when you put all of that together, you're really getting to know who God is so much better because, you know, there's there's like well over 5,000 ancient sacred texts, probably a whole lot more, but I have, a, a you know, a whole bunch of them. And you're literally reading these out-of-body experiences and the journey and the secrets of these souls, these great souls, as they're ready to leave this earth. And so they, they carry within them secrets that help us. It's like picking up 
little pieces of gold on the ground to help us understand what we need to achieve while we're here in order to literally graduate from this type of realm. And so, you know, just imagine that because it's beautiful. Just imagine those ancient sacred texts creating a staircase from earth to heaven because they really do. Uh, and, you know, many people don't know about these. They haven't heard of them. You know, and also for for your listeners, uh, go to outofbodytravel.org. You'll see that I've written quite a few books on world religion that um, provide you. You know, a lot of my readers say, I don't have time to study the ancient sacred texts like you do. So I'm really glad that you put it all together for me. We have quite a few books on these subjects. You know, we've got Forgotten Mystics. Uh, comparative religious mystical theology. You know, forgotten mystics is just a lot of mystics that people have never heard of, but who, who left behind great works. And comparative religious mystical theology goes through each of the religions and provides this conversational teaching from one of the great masters of each of these traditions on out-of-body travel and mysticism. There's a whole bunch of other ones, too. I, I did write um, the only English language encyclopedia of ancient sacred texts. It's called The Voice of the Prophets, Wisdom of the Ages. There's 12 volumes, and you can learn a lot just by reading all those texts. They're downloadable for free, just like everything else. And um, one of my other favorite books in that genre was Near Death and Out-of-Body Experiences of the Prophets, Saints, Mystics, and Sages, um, which is a compilation of the revolu- revelation-producing moment, the the birth point of every religion, uh, where you know the great prophets had their their body experience and revelation from God that that led to the 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 faith that they uh, founded, and uh, people forget that these these moments. Um, we're out of body experiences. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. They're all throughout yeah, our I, ancient sacred texts. You I, know? I, would, I, I, would, I would like to add, you know, Paul Radin and others in my discipline have found that so-called primitive people, as they didn't have cars and stuff, uh, it, it came upon the same hierarchy of consciousness, the same chain of consciousness, using their own <coughs> symbols and ways of uh, uh, reaching this, meditation, psychoactive substances, uh, people with their own symbols seem to converge on this these kind of universal truth and isn't confined just to people who were literate and uh, and and left messages uh, that were written they, uh, uh, all over the world people that go inward and meditate on themselves and meditate on themselves meditating and and uh, and uh, what's going on around them and expand their sense of self to include more and more and more get to the same truth. That's what uh, it seems like from the discipline of anthropology anyway. That's very true. And, you know, what's really interesting about that as well, uh, when you study shamanism and uh, around the world, you'll find that the shamans from every corner of the world practiced almost the exact same um, uh, medicine. And, you know, they didn't have phones. They didn't have communication. So, you know, to have um, medicine men in New Zealand and Hawaii and the, the Americas and in ancient Europe 
to all be practicing very similar things tells us that there is a source that they're all connecting to despite the fact they couldn't speak to one another. And I think that's really important because, you know, in the spoken traditions, when you look at the native spoken traditions that we find around the world, there's a lot of similarities in uh, their traditions and their revelations as well. A lot of the... Uh, a lot of beautiful uh, mystical tradition in the tribal uh, religions around the world. Oh. Wow. So, what do you want our... Let's see, we have about 25 minutes left. What are the main things you want our listeners to know about you and your work and what they can do for themselves? You said that you want them to do their, or, or you're, you're helping them do their work before they die. And you said it in a different way that I'm saying right now. What is, what is it you want to help people do before they die? So well, it's probably the better way to put it would might be, you know, that we want to begin the purification journey and the journey of the spirit while we're, saying. while we're still living, mm-hmm. you know, um, because um, anything that we don't accomplish in this life, we still have to do it as we cross over. So we're not avoiding it. We're still going to have to do it. We're just probably going to be adding incarnations to that process. Um, you know, in the Mysteries of the Redemption, it starts to outline this process, which begins with purification moves into discrimination, and then into discipline. And what you'll find is that in the monastic traditions of the world, whether it's Catholic or Buddhist, there are these three ages of the spiritual life. In Buddhism, it's purification, discrimination, and discipline. In Catholicism, it's uh, it's got different names. Ironically, most of my... I've been talking a lot about Buddhism today, but I'm actually a Catholic. <laughs> but I, mm-hmm. I absolutely, uh, obviously, love uh, Buddhism and many and the other religions and, and all of the mystics uh, as well uh, what we what we want to do is begin the job you know we all we all put a lot of effort into our work in this world we we go to school we go to college um, but people often are hesitant to actually begin the study of the soul. And they're not willing oftentimes to put the amount of effort and time into the study of your own soul as they will for a lot of other things that might not be quite as important. And so I'd, I'd ask people to just think about that and think about that in their own life. How does it apply in your own life as to, you know, maybe it's, maybe it might be worth taking a look at, um, what what kinds of things you can do to actually accelerate your spiritual journey here, which will accelerate the journey, which is you know an eternal one, because we are we are um, you know we're mortal here, but we we are eternal beings uh, all along the spectrum of time. So we still exist, and we have a lot to do. Um, a lot of uh, this is something that is really important for our world. Not just individually, but along a, a much wider spectrum because what it can do is bring a higher thrust into this planet that would change some of the natural consequences that we have of living in a mortal world. You know, we all talk about, well, what can I do 
about evil or what can I do about war? Well, this is what each of us can do and every single one of us can do it because every single one of us is contributing to the um, unsteady state of the energetic vibration of the world with our unexamined thoughts, our unexamined deeds, and our unexamined actions. Um, by simply taking that turn of examination and the desire to become aware of what the truth is uh, beyond what we think, but rather what is the eternal truth uh that applies to our actions, our thoughts, our deeds, our words, um, and our whole lives versus the the more limited truths that most of us live by, um, you know, because we're karmic beings. We come in here with a lot of illusions. Um, when we do that on an individual level, we are raising up the whole realm. And when more and more people begin to engage in this process of purification, which is the, you know, literally it's the mechanics of what this mortal realm is about, um, we are creating the possibility of a, a higher thrust of energy coming in where we can alter some of these things that we're seeing. Uh, there's so much to learn on this. Um, you know, I have a course of study at the site as well, and you can take that for free. But it's going to take you through understanding and learning about all the world religions, about mystical theology, about extraterrestrials, remote viewing, out-of-body experiences, near-death experiences. And it's going to take you into uh, the saints, um, uh, some of the stigmatists, um, some of the most, uh, you know, a lot of religious mysteries that are really important uh, for people to become aware of. Um, and there's a whole bunch of additional reading material uh, that that I uh, provide, and you can get those online for free, or you can get yourself a physical copy of some of the greatest works of mystical theology that were ever written, like St. John of the Cross or The Spiritual Life by Father Adolf Tanqueray or St. Teresa of Avila, St. Therese of Lisieux, and there's some other ones like Reverend Wade Owen, a spiritualist author who wrote this beautiful series of books called The Highlands and Lowlands of Heaven. It's four volumes. Uh, and there's another one, one of my other ones by A. Francesco, uh, was written in the 1800s, and it is a really fascinating journey of a soul working his way through the purification process from hell up to the higher heavens. And it's uh, fascinating stuff. But this is kind of what you'll also see when you read my books. When you read the books by Francisco Candido Javier, you're going to learn a lot more about karmic configurations and how karma works and how do we purify, you know, very specifically, how do, what do you do if you have this situation versus this situation? Mm -hmm. um, and so there is so much that we can be doing and we don't realize that even just making that turn in our consciousness to, you know, I'm going to do that uh, changes things because it's an energetic shift. Um, and so, you know, we all feel like, what can we do to make this a better place? We start with ourselves by 
going through that process with ourselves because we can rem- the only people we have control over are ourselves and we mm-hmm. have the power to remove those elements within us that are not peaceful that are not loving or who have you know illusions and delusions that are keeping us from uh, really living out our full potential and also not to mention the more important part which is the unabashedly beautiful union with God. We forget that God is an all-holy being. And um, I tell people this a lot because they're like, well, why can't I just do this? Or why can't I get out of my body right now? And I'm like, okay, well, let's let's think about that a minute. God is an all-holy being. What does that mean? <laughs> I said, so what we right. have to do in order to approach him is to learn what that means so that we can approach him in the way that an all-holy being will receive us. Wow. So what about the planet? We've got all this stuff going on with our planet. Go ahead. Your turn, honey. And then we'll talk about (laughs) Oh, just, just, I, I really like, you know, the way you express yourself uh, in psychotherapy, we would say, embrace both your role, what you're supposed to do, uh, and your soul. Embrace your role and your soul. And I, I, I find that it. you're such a, conven- <laughs> you're such a convenient guide. I'd like the uh, listeners to just imagine what you think Marilyn is like and uh, pretend that you can see a figure that you're identifying with Marilyn and walk uh, into her body and see the world through her eyes and know that this is a part of you now that when you journey, when you need to ask Marilyn a question about the afterlife or other lives, you have a little internal Marilyn that's got all kinds of wisdom to give you. You can take Marilyn with you. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. And you know, another thing about that too, a lot of our readers um, will find they'll start with Come to Wisdom's Door, which is a very small book, and then The Mysteries of the Redemption, and a lot of people will begin to spontaneously have out-of-body experiences as they read those books. And my uh, email address is Hughes at org. It's right there on the website. You can ask me any questions at any time. Um, so if you're Whoa. having trouble following anything or you want to know which book to read next, you can always just pop me an email and I will respond. I respond to everybody. Um, and you really can find that you might be surprised. One of the, one of the things that I was told when I first put out the Mysteries of the Redemption, a treatise on out-of-body travel and mysticism was that part of, uh, part of manifestation is you know that when people can see through my eyes, what I what I've been shown um, by reading that, it makes it possible in their own minds for that to happen, and it kind of like yes, um, yes exactly, and so it, it makes it kind of like just kind of uh, wets that fertile ground. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I think a lot of people have experiences as start having them as they're reading that book because it, it makes it possible to their mind and to their spirit something that maybe they didn't think about before. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So Definitely when people the travel art- out of their body, I, I just, um, let me ask a question that you remember where you are, Sasha. So when people travel out of their body, one of the, one of the myths is that somebody else can jump into your body or that you might break the cord. Is that possible? 
Um, well, I don't think so. I've never seen that happen. Um, however, you know, never say never, because like I said, anything you haven't seen doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It just means you haven't seen it yet. Um, but, um, I personally, I've heard a lot of people who have seen the silver cord. Ironically, with all the experiences I've had, I've never seen a silver cord. But um, the uh, there's a lot of stuff that you will learn as you go along this journey about spiritual warfare. And that's all very, very important because there are... There are things you have to be careful about because we do live in a world of goodness and evil and we have this war between principalities and powers. So um, there's a lot that you will learn along the way about spiritual warfare and how to protect yourself. Um, and that's really, really important. Real so tell important. us about spiritual warfare. I, I read a book by Thoth, and he wrote it you know, thousands of years ago, whatever. He said... Beware of the hounds of the... He said that when you go out to interdimensionally traveling through space, there's these hounds and you have to cross. It's very... It doesn't make sense. But The hounds of hell, right? The hounds of hell. The hounds of hell that are out there when you're out of body and you might encounter them. How do you escape them? How do you get safety back in your body? And he doesn't really say what happens if they catch you. (laughs) <laughs> that was like, whoa. <laughs> Do you remember who, who wrote that book? Because I remember The Hounds of Hell. I don't remember who the author was. Uh, it's called uh, Toast. Let me, let me um, I'll look it up while we're talking. Well, that's okay. That's, right. that's, that's very Wait, interesting. I can get it real quick here. It's, it's very true that the, um, the that, that's a very true statement. You know, um, as people begin to spiritually open up, they are going to experience the demonic. Um, that's part of the reason you want to follow the path appropriately according to the guidance and direction of God rather than trying to push your own agenda on it because God and his angels will guide and protect you and teach you so that you are, uh, you know, equipped to deal with these things. But spiritual warfare is a part of all of this because, you know, ironically, most of us do have attachments uh, that are that are demonic or dark because of our our sins, our vices, whatever you know, fetters, attachments, cravings, whatever you want to call them. But we do have dark attachments, and of course, um, the demonic will fight to keep a hold. Um, so it's good to get rid of them. But yeah, you will need to uh, learn the spiritual warfare. There's some books at my site about spiritual warfare in particular. Um, and there's a lot that's recommended and uh, in the course material, in the course of study about uh, spiritual warfare and exorcism and all of those kinds of things, uh, very important things to study and learn in this process. It's called The Emerald Tablets of Thoth oh, Atlantean by yes. M. Doriel. It's, it's uh, not a very thick book, but it's just I mean, you have to read it over and over. It's really rock what it's saying. It's, it's an amazing book. I have those. So I, I recommend Those it. are very, very good. Um, and, in fact, one of the things I'd recommend at our site as well, we have um, a complete compilation I put together of the ancient sacred texts written by Toth and Hermes, who are, you know, purported to be the oh, same yeah. guy. And it has all of the right. texts in one book. A lot of people like that because usually you have to buy a bunch of different books to get them. This one has all of it mm-hmm. in there and you can 
um, you can uh, study all of his works in one fell swoop, which is really helpful. Yeah, he says he's the thrice-born Hermes, and he put his body in stasis in the hall of Lamenti, and he set his consciousness down in through the human uh, form to be born by woman to experience what it was like being a human because he's one of the gods. Mm-hmm. So that was the, sto- the backstory behind that. Yes. Um, you'll find that there are many um, savior stories throughout many of the world religions, and the Hermes and Toth one is one of them. And of course, uh, uh, Isis and Osiris... Uh, has the whole, uh, you know, resurrection story and the 40 body parts, the 40 days. There's a lot of these uh, correlations you'll find throughout the ancient sacred texts in religions throughout the world. Uh, lots of, lots of things that are similar, uh, to some of the, you know, some of the mythologies and legends and also, you know, the resurrection story of Christ. There's some of that in, um, some of this in ancient Egyptian material. So who who is like Christ and Buddha and and these um, beings that are supposed to be from higher realms that come down to the earth and walk among us and help us evolve and become conscious? What's your understanding of the enlightened beings? Well, we have you know what we what I call the prophets, saints, mystics, and sages and ascetics, and um, you know so like the ascetics, they are generally ones who. You know, the kinds who went and lived in caves, but they often had uh, very profound mystical lives because of their solitary life. Uh, you know, you have the sages who are oftentimes wandering uh, wise men or women. Um, and then, you know, the prophets, saints, um, all of those. Uh, the prophets would be like the Old Testament prophets, but you have like the Buddha, the Krishna, Baha'u'llah. These are all prophets. Um, one of the things I was shown in the mystical realms was the station of Christ is higher than than those, and that's because he had the title of Messiah. So he had a different station. Um, so there is what I call the royal family of God, which is the prophets, saints, mystics, and sages from all throughout the world, from throughout time. Um, and Christ heads it, but they're all working together in unity. And, you know, it doesn't just um, contain... Um, people that you might know it contains people you know because there's been a lot of people uh who were very evolved that maybe we never heard about you know uh sometimes one of the things i hear a lot from readers when they start having their out-of-body experiences and they're approached by a guru or a master in the mystical state or a holy person and they want to know, it's very common, they want to know who is this because they think it might correlate with someone historically. And most of the time it doesn't because we don't know, we, we are not familiar with the fact that there are thousands, millions, I don't know, you know, of masters and right. holy ones who are completely unknown to us by name, you know what I mean? And so it's always uh-huh. good to remember that, you know, uh, the holy ones, uh, don't have to be someone you might recognize or, you know what I mean? <laughs> and in fact, a lot of the right. yeah. teachers that come to us are, are not going to be someone that's, uh, you know, that we're going to identify with some historical time. It's, it's someone who just was, uh, holy and transcended and has moved to this space where they are now teaching. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. 
But this Gosh, also yeah. brings up another thought okay. that I'll just throw out there, which is, yeah, do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, this is important because a lot of people get, uh, get confused about this. So it's real important though to know the difference between like, uh, teachers, masters, uh, guardian angels, uh, beings who have co- uh, been, been brought to you for education versus lost souls and wandering spirits and stuff. You know, we are in a mortal world and we have um, a lot of situations with ghosts and um, dark spirits. Uh, you know, wandering spirits can be a number of things. Lost souls are usually souls who are just stuck here because they got a little bit lost during the dying process. Uh, you'll learn a lot about that in my books about lost souls. Wandering spirits can be purgatorial spirits as well. But again, you're looking at souls who are not... Uh, not in a position to guide you or teach you anything. And so there's a lot of need here for discernment. Um, my books will teach you all of that as well. It's really important to learn discernment. You don't want to be playing around with Ouija boards or calling up spirits because the only thing that responds to that are going to be lost souls, wandering spirits, dark spirits, or possibly even demonic ones. So don't mess around with things like that. If you are living a prayerful life, to, I'm sorry. What? Yeah. What happens to? What happens if they they um, you know come to you? My my life from a child on, the the dead would come to me like they're lost, and and I go, why are you coming to me? And they say, because we can see that you can see us, and I would try to help them, and I've learned over time uh, to do something. But I I'm lost. I earlier you said something about you help people that are dead. Or but I've been doing it my whole life, but I'm not the expert you are, so you might have some hints for me. What well, do you do? Like you I mean, have I'm some not calling too. them too. So they come to me. Um, the thing, I said, it sounds like you might have some hints too, because you've been doing it a long time as well. Um, but what happens mm-hmm. is, yes, they do. Uh, often they look for people who can see them. So it's interesting that you mentioned that first, because that is the biggest thing. Is uh, you know, a lot of people can't see them. So those of us who can. They're gonna, they're gonna be able to pick us out of a crowd. Um, you know, what we're going to want to do when we have a lost soul is remember that part of the reason they're lost is because something happened at the moment of their death, whether it was really tragic or some kind of really freak event that was really fast. Or, um, a lot of times people who have no belief in an afterlife, this can happen. Or various beliefs, you know. They, um, they cross over. And they don't go through the normal process or, you know, a lot of times too, when, especially like if you're dealing with haunted houses, the haunted houses, those are often people who are attached, too attached to the earthly life. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happens is when they, when they separate from the body, they, their vibration doesn't raise properly and they're unable to, um, see the guardians that are there to help them. So our, our job as points of light on the ground is that we provide them with a physical vantage point to kind of help them to raise their vibration just a little so they can start seeing that. And then we're handing them over to their guardian angel. Um, and they're, um, we're handing them over to their guardian angels and to the other, others who may have come to help them to make the final crossing. Uh, so we're wanting to raise their vibration up. Sometime, 
sometimes it's as simple as letting them know that they actually died because they don't realize that that's happened. And once someone crosses over, a hundred years can be like a minute um, to some. So it can seem uh, like, why would someone stay here for a hundred years? But it, it could have seemed like a minute to them. There's a lot in my books about how to help lost souls. Um, if you If you start with the mysteries of the redemption, uh, you're going to go through a lot of that. I also have a book called Ghosts and Lost Souls. It's in the Mystic Knowledge series. Um, another book in the Mystic Knowledge series is Spiritual Guides, Angels, and Demons. That's another one you might look at uh, for people who are interested in dealing with those kinds of things. Um, there's a whole slew of books in the Mystic Knowledge series on specific subjects that you can be instructed on how to handle those situations. So, again, the point I was also making was that it's important to know that there is a huge difference between um, having a holy person uh, that is brought in to teach you versus just trying to call in any random dead person. And forgive my language mm-hmm. there, but, you know, dying doesn't change our level of spiritual wisdom. So... We don't have any, you know, we don't want to call out to just something like that because then we're really setting ourselves up for not not pleasant and not positive things. Um, so we don't want to do that. So when uh, you encounter the dead, how do you work with them? What do you do? Uh, well, it depends on which cycle they're in. I do deal with a lot of uh, suicides. Um, so a lot of times they're in a pretty difficult place at the moment of death and they're going to go through a a very specific series of purification processes to help them to move through these things um it's very different with every soul i've had i've had souls who were truly um ready to go to like really high realms immortal souls that were you know going to really wonderful places i've taken souls to hell i've taken souls to purgatories um and then i work with souls when they're trying to go to a higher hell realm or a higher purgatorial realm or when a soul is purifying and trying to get ready to enter into a heavenly sphere after working through the purgatorial sphere so it's very varied you're going to read a lot about that work in in my books because so it's a big want to go to some some of them want to go to a hell realm um the way it the way it goes um and you'll see this you know um for your listeners who are interested you can look at um the writings of Emanuel Swedenborg as well I'm a big fan of his and he wrote this book called Heaven and Hell and he explains it very well um you know we go where we're compatible and, you know, after death, some of these people will go through, like, a test. Um, and the test will determine whether they uh, enter into a lower hell realm, whether they might be able to just go directly to reincarnation, or whether they will be going to a um, mid-level type purification place to work through some of these things. Um so there's there's so many different um, variations. You know, I went uh, there's a there's a particular hell realm called Muddy Flats, which is for uh, vanity and greed. You know, uh, we forget how big a deal vanity is. I, I have to say, you know, we forget what a big deal vanity. 
I, you know, I'm continually blown away by this in terms of what I see because it, you know, that scares me. <laughs> you know, it scares me a lot. <laughs> you are so <laughs> you know? vain. <laughs> yeah, we are so vain. Yes, and and you know, and it applies to so many aspects of our life. You know, um, and then you know wow. there are. Yeah, so we, you know, we have a variety of places. I've been to a place called the, it's a Consumers of Children Hell. It's terrible. It's a place where pedophiles and uh, child murderers, child molesters often end up. It's a horrific place where the souls of of the perpetrators are uh, kind of contorted into almost like a very large, uh, it's like a flat top square bug but it's big it's um like i'd say four feet across and they have these four spindly legs uh you know but it's it's this metal creature and they have to they have to scrunch close to the ground in the mud it's um it's just it's so icky there um <laughs> uh part of it is you know uh there's a oh, lot of sim- sounds almost funny they have it's pretty intense yeah there's a lot of intense things that you'll see and you know uh, one of the things that i talk about a lot in in uh, the mysteries of redemption as well as the different kinds of demons that we can all get um we can all get um accustomed to being around us demons of age the the demons of lust, the demons of vanity. There are so many that we can, um, and so they're all different. The way they manifest is different. But you know, there are some common manifestations of darkness that many of us as human beings carry around with us uh, regularly. And then you know, then there's the deeper levels of evil or darkness that you might as serious things, but you'd be surprised how much just the common man, just each individual of us, you know, you know, has around us just because of these thoughts that we have of, of these vices that we're not even conscious of. We don't even, we're not aware of them because, you know, the nature of our thoughts draws to us either good or evil. The nature of our thoughts, you know, um, if our thoughts are evil, we are giving permission. You know, if we have a greedy thought, we're giving permission for a demon of greed to hover nearby. If we have a, if we have a thought of charity, then we are giving permission for an angel of virtue to hover nearby. So you can see how we all have these alliances that are formed from so many different kinds of thoughts because we all have a hotspot Oh my goodness, we're out of time. Oh, thank you, Marilyn. We'll have to have you back sometime. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Mad Painter. Thank you, Sadaka. Say goodbye, everybody. Aloha. Okay, thank you. Mahalo. Mahalo. <laughs>
Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. On the go? Still want to listen? Don't have one of those fancy phones with too many buttons. Don't know what an app is? Or you don't even care? Well, we got you here at Revolution Radio. Now you can dial in 24-7 to listen to our shows. We have a number for Studio A and Studio B. And best of all, it's free. Don't forget, your carrier charges for your cell phone provider may apply, though. So check with your cell provider to make sure. So ready? Here you go. Get a pen. Here's the number. Studio A is 712-432-6958. And Studio B is 716-748-0112. Thank you very much for listening to Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com, the number one listener-supported radio station in the world. Hey, everyone. It's Barbara Jean Lindsay, the Cosmic Oracle. If you have questions about your past lives or future plans, need answers from the cosmos about your love life or career, or just want to keep your finger on the pulse of the planet, check out my show, The Cosmic Oracle, here on Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. Thanks for tuning in to Revolution Radio. Here at Revolution Radio, we are listener-sponsored and commercial-free. But there still are bills to pay. In order to raise some needed funds to cover the cost, our station is offering a silver special. In the continental United States for a $60 donation, or in Alaska, Hawaii, or Canada for a $70 donation, we will send you an uncirculated 2018 one-ounce pure silver eagle. The $70 donation, uh, the extra 10 is to cover shipping, by the way, outside of the continental United States. When making the donation, you must put Silver Eagle promo in the notes on the donation. And thank you for tuning in to Revolution Radio at revolution.radio and freedomslips.com. Without you, there is no less. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. Looking for a nightcap to fill your listening needs? Come join us on Spaced Out Radio with me, Dave Scott, right here on Revolution Radio. Monday through Friday for three hours a night, starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, we will take you down the supernatural path. From ET contact to the paranormal and all of the spiritual, cryptid, and conspiracy stories in between, you can find us right here on Revolution Radio at spacedoutradio.com, on Twitter at 